Hi, this is Judy Davis, the Russian diva, and you're listening to Life Giver. Welcome to Life Giver Military Spouse Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope that will breathe life into your military marriage and home. This is Corey Weathers, and I'm so excited to share in this journey with you. Close your eyes for a minute if you want to see the world. Hi, this is Lori Simmons from Armed Forces Insurance, and I just wanted to thank all of those military spouses out there for everything that they do. We're so proud of you, and can't wait to see what great things happen in the future. My friend Kathy Hines, who is at Fort Bliss still. My friend Kelly Irwin, who is a chaplain spouse at Fort Jackson. And my friend Amy Harvey, also at Fort Bliss still. Ginger Golombowski in Washington, D.C. And Tiffany Stallings in Washington, D.C. Those are my girls that helped me, and I love them forever. Welcome to another episode of Life Giver Military Spouse Podcast. It's been a while since I've been able to do another episode, and I have missed doing this, and I have missed talking with you. I've gotten so much wonderful feedback from so many of you on not only just the podcasts, but also my recent trip to the Middle East where we did the military spouse journey. And I just could not be more thrilled with hearing from so many of you of how it's impacted your marriage and opening up up communication with your spouse and your service member. And really that was my goal for all of it was what could I do to better communication or at least start communication within our homes. So there's so much more to come with that. Um, There was a webinar that we recently did with uh, Military Spouse Magazine where we talked about sacred spaces. You've heard me use that a lot. Um, Just in talking about these significant moments that any of us go through, whether we're a military spouse or a service member, significant moments in our life where, and it can be a positive or negative experience, but something that's significant in our life that really uh, marks that moment in our life as a special moment, an important moment, a life-changing moment. And I've been calling those sacred spaces because um, if you haven't heard me tell the story before, basically my husband and I had to learn how to respect those sacred spaces that each of us had gone through separately and learning how to kind of maneuver around them and respect them instead of trying to kind of get into each other's spaces and and pick them apart or um, or assume that we understood what it was like for the other person. So I would encourage you and challenge you to continue to use that terminology within your relationships and being able to talk about important moments in your life, perhaps that you went through separately as these sacred spaces, as a way of asking your spouse to respect those spaces and take great care and tread lightly on some of those spaces as you talk about them, which can really reduce a lot of conflict and anxiety in the moment. And so coming out of that, you know, I've taken a break for the last, well, I want to call it a break, (laughs) meaning I think I took a break from doing all the things that I normally do, Um, but I took a break just to settle my family in. We moved again. It was our second move in a year. 
and I took some time to settle in our family and rest myself coming back from that trip. Um, of course, most, most of that time was spent with me writing a book about it, so it really wasn't a full rest. I'm looking forward to the next month or so to be a different kind of rest, but um, I needed to take a break from the podcast in order to really focus on that project, and so I will be sharing more with you at some other point on how that's looking and, and how you can get involved. But in, in the time that I've taken a break, I've really been thinking about just how much I have enjoyed this year of expanding um, the circle of people that I've had access to and really enjoying military spouses from all branches and um, all ages and all walks of life and in every kind of season you can imagine I've really enjoyed the friendship and the camaraderie and the conversations that have come out of that and in thinking about my experiences and and thinking about how much we need each other um, over the course of this year I've also been paying attention to the changing shift of our culture, not just the western culture but within the military culture of the dynamics of the different generations and the current shift that I believe is going on. It was one of the topics that I brought up and spoke about at the AUSA conference where I really wanted us to start talking about that our our culture is going through a generational shift. And of course, that's normal. We have generations and cultures that shift all the time. Um, as a younger generation comes up and the advancement of technology and, and everything kind of shifts and everybody kind of has to realign and figure out, well, what is my role now? And so as I've been looking at the cultural shift going on within specifically our military culture, I've been talking with a lot of different generations of military spouses about what do they need, what do they feel is going on within the culture, um, what do we feel like we're losing as far as tradition goes, and I am kind of in the generation that's kind of stuck in the middle. And I would call this a mid-senior generation that has experienced maybe a two, three, four deployments and maybe still has young children in the house. but. We're not necessarily brand new to the culture, the military culture, and we're not specifically um, hit with the challenges of everything being new. It's kind of we kind of got our battle rhythm going and we kind of know what it is that we're doing and what this lifestyle is going to feel like. And so I kind of coined that as the mid-senior generation, and I would probably put myself into that generation. And so as I talk with those in the mid-senior generation and the new generation coming up, um, there's just some very unique challenges and some unique needs that we have that I think is worth for us to talk about. And I keep coming back to this idea of not just how wonderful our community is and how we're known for supporting each other, but really just how true it is that we are a village. We are a village that has a similar mindset similar set of values, similar way in which we govern ourselves, and what a joy that is to be part of that kind of village. But village mentality doesn't necessarily imply that we're in our homes by ourselves. It implies that we are together and we're face-to-face -face and we're sitting with one another and we're learning from each other and we are um, experiencing this kind of grand circle of life that makes us better people. And my biggest concern that I think is not a new concern to everyone, because I think the American culture is talking a lot about it, 
is how do we handle the advancing technology that allows us to stay connected with so many people that we have befriended along the way that we would coin as family? Um, How do we balance the technology that allows us to stay connected to those wonderful people in our lives with the isolation that comes with only connecting over computer or only getting our information through social media or this false connection that yes I can I have wonderful connections with military spouses and friends and from all stages of my life that I stay connected with through social media and I'm so grateful for that Um, but just remembering that it can't replace the face-to-face it can't replace what we need from our village and from our inner circle And so today I wanted us to talk about what it means to be part of a village and what does it mean to play a role in that village and how do you figure out what your role is in that village and how do we make that more of a priority in our life? Especially within the military spouse culture, I have loved listening to some of our senior spouses who are perhaps facing retirement or a change of life, who are dealing with aging parents, who are having to circle their own wagons to take care of themselves and take care of their immediate and extended family members. And some of the things that I've heard from them is how much they have loved being part of this community and how much they don't want to lose that community and how they can't imagine their life not being part of the community and how valuable it's been to them. And so we see so many of our, thankfully, so many of our senior families and senior spouses that even once they get out of the military lifestyle, they stay connected because it's been a part of their life and it has been their life and they value that connection and village so much. I have thoroughly enjoyed sitting down with them and just listening to the wisdom that they have to offer. I think if I could say if there's anything that they struggle with, and I would love to hear from from, from any of you listening out there, if you wanted to add to this or if you want to even challenge it, I would love to hear it. That one of the things that our senior spouses, what they struggle with the most is number one, staying connected because they're having to be pulled away so much. Depending on what's going on in their life, it's kind of a bittersweet thing. It's a, I'm tired, I've given so much, I've mentored so much, I've done everything that I possibly can do, and I'm kind of ready for a little bit of a sabbatical and a little bit of a break. But at the same time, I don't want to not be included. And for some of them, even though as spouses we don't wear our husband's ranks, their husbands who are high-ranking can make some spouses feel very intimidated to be around them, even though it's the husband that is perhaps the boss. And so a lot of our senior spouses struggle with feeling included and wanting to stay involved and at the same time needing the village to understand that their role is changing and that they have to circle the wagons and and, and that that they're ready to enjoy their grandchildren and their families and um, take care of themselves. But with that comes the need to pass the baton, comes the time for the next generation to step up. And this is where I see one of the challenges happening within my own generation. And I will admit that this happened, I think, within myself, that when I was a brand new spouse coming in, boy, I needed the mentoring. I needed someone to walk me through how to get my ID card or how to navigate a deployment. And to tell me that I'm not alone in my struggles of reintegration. Like I needed the mentoring of that, but it feels really good to get. 
it feels really good to receive. And I think that what happens sometimes for our mid-senior generation is that we find ourselves in a place where we have been sitting at the feet of those mentoring us and giving us wisdom, and we've grown comfortable sitting at their feet. We've grown very comfortable with just receiving. I think that that's a temptation for anyone. And what I quickly realized in the last couple years, actually, was that I achieved a mid-senior status and didn't even realize it. I didn't realize that it was my turn to pick up the baton and mentor someone else. It was my turn to get up off the floor of sitting at my mentor's feet and be the one that is walking around and mentoring. And so I want to kind of call our mid-senior spouses the doers, the teachers, the ones that are out and about and picking up those that are new, um, perhaps off the floor when they're having a bad day, or sending a word of encouragement and being the active doers in our culture. And I know that that's hard because we have a very busy life. And one of the other shifts that's happening within our American culture is that family in general is becoming more of a priority, which is wonderful. We are doing more with our children than we ever have. We are doing extracurricular activities. We are helicopter parenting. We are doing everything we can to raise the most perfect kids, the most perfect family, and centering everything we do around our immediate family. And I love that. I believe in family dinners, conversations over family dinner each night. Um, I believe in investing and teaching your children. I believe in doing what we're supposed to do to raise up great human beings and also, of, of course, investing into our marriages. And that's extremely important. My concern, however, is that we are becoming so invested in the activities throughout our week that we're missing out on the community that we need. Now, some of you are finding that community within your local churches, within the soccer team, within um, other book clubs and groups that you're in, and that's great that you're finding that connection and that you're perhaps you're involved in another village. And so I'm not here to say that the military spouse village is more important than any other village that you are connecting in because the overall important factor here is are you connecting? However, I think it's important that we hold on to the tradition and to the importance of investing in and continuing to connect in the village that is the military spouse village. There's only one group that understands the complications of war um, and the importance that serving each other has in helping us feel whole and healing from whatever is happening in our lives. Not to say anything against our civilians who are also supporting our military families. Um, in a lot of ways, I would include them as part of the village because they're somehow connected to the military. I think what it is that I'm trying to say that, first of all, to making sure that we are connected within a village. But second of all, are we playing a role in a village? Are we investing? Are we getting involved with the people who need our help, that need our wisdom? And how do we play a role in supporting each other? And to not let that go, to not let the military spouse community and village dissolve. And I believe that our senior spouses would say if if I could speak for them. And again, I would love for someone to correct me if I'm wrong on this. But what 
our senior spouses worry about is that the military village, the military spouse village might dissolve if we don't learn to balance the technology that we have with our need for connection and serving one another. Change is great. Change is fine. It's important that we don't separate and isolate ourselves and not change with time and change with the times. That is extremely important for growth. Um, what I'm saying is, is that we learn to balance that and incorporate it in a way that really builds our community and helps us be better at what it is that we're already doing. So let me talk a little bit about the newcomer generation. You know, this generation has been brought up on technology and texting and social media. It's always been part of their life and it's always been a form of connection and that's very valuable to them. And I think that's one of the important reasons why every generation can learn from one another. Our mid-senior generation and the senior generation can learn a lot from everything from how to start a blog from our newest, youngest generation, but also how to use social media in a way that builds connection and builds support. And encourages one another. And so there's a lot that we can learn from the younger generation. And we need the younger generation to be innovative. There are so many things that we can learn from each other. There is wonderful things as far as the tradition of how to entertain that I love to sit at the feet of some of our senior spouses and learn how to entertain, how to bring people in your home, how to show this wonderful welcoming respect that I think that they have done and learned so well. And there's so much that they can pass down. And likewise, I think we can also learn from the youngest generation on how we can also do entertaining that's very simple and putting people and the hearts of people at the heart of why we're connecting. Because frankly, I'll be honest, there are times when I have tried to entertain and I've been so focused on how to entertain that I have failed to make the connections with the people in my own home. And so we can learn from both extremes and we can learn to balance that. Um, and there's so many fun and new and great ideas, everything from Pinterest to new innovative strategies for making things that used to be very complicated, such as sending meals to someone who needs help, now is very is much simpler with websites that can create the meal train for you and, and simplify, make it a whole lot more convenient for people to pull together and make a difference in their village. It's not just about new young generation needing to come in and needing to just sit and learn. There's so much that we can learn from them as well. I wanted us to talk about what does this mean for us being life givers? What does it mean for us to be a life giver within our own home? And how do we then become a life giver within our village? I think, first of all, we have to understand the value of the village. We have to understand that we need every generation. We need to be able to sit in a circle and tell our stories Oh, the stories that we would have, stories of loss, stories of connection, stories of friendship, stories of overcoming difficulty. We need those stories because out of those stories comes hope and comes wisdom for how to move forward when we feel like there is no way. So number one, the importance of us valuing the village. We have to come out of our homes. Some of us, including myself, are huge introverts. It's so much easier for us to stay in our homes and be on our own and feed ourselves emotionally and, and actual food. But to sit inside and think that the online connection is enough. But it will be a very sad day if we allow the connection that is there and available to us to dissolve. 
so many of you who are introverts struggle to get out of your house and go to a meeting, go to coffees, go to a playgroup. But I'm hoping that you've also experienced what happens when you actually have the courage to go and connect and experience the joy that happens when you are around those people and that it's okay for you to be different. It's okay for you to not be the extrovert that's bebopping around the room and befriending everybody, that you play a significant role in that introverts do wonders with one-on-one. They do wonders with small groups and that's a huge way that you can invest, but it takes you coming out of your home. And I also want to say that to the newest, youngest generation as well, because when you are relying on online being your main form of connection, where you get all of your wisdom and advice, you're missing out on looking across the table and seeing eyes that understand and a warm hug that says that they'll be there and um, someone serving you a warm cup of coffee that says that they are willing to set aside a portion, a time, an hour in their life to give it just to you. And that takes coming out of our homes or maybe opening our homes and bringing that face-to-face connection back. So number one, understanding the value that we have in a village. Number two, to understand that you play an important role, that you have great influence, more than you could possibly understand. You have incredible influence into your family, into your children, into your spouse. You have an amazing opportunity to breathe life by how you choose your words, by how you choose to serve, but you cannot do that until you learn to take care of yourself. You will not be able to invest into anyone else or play a role in your village if you don't first take care of yourself. Sometimes, in order to take care of yourself, that means that it's a season of rest for you. It's a season of sitting at the feet of someone more wise than you and more experienced than you and letting them invest in you. And that's okay. That's still playing a role. The point is that we don't get stuck there that we go there for replenishment and then out of that we go out to serve someone else but you have to start with taking care of yourself and for some of you that means taking care of your bodies for some of you that means going to counseling and taking care of your mind maybe it's picking up a book and learning something that maybe within your marriage your spouse has said I really need you to work on such and such and you haven't done it and it means picking up a book and actually looking at yourself in the mirror psychologically and saying I really need to make this change in my life it is that part of you that says I cannot invest and breathe life into anyone else if I don't first have life within myself and so how do I take care of myself and allow the village to not do it for me But I allow the village to play a role in mentoring me and helping me grow up, whether it's through accountability or whether it's through investing that kind of wisdom. One of the best forms that I love about our military spouse community, one of the things that I love about how we help each other is I can't tell you the number of times I have gone to a friend and and just vented and said I was struggling with something and somebody said, well, you just need to suck it up. Or you just need to pull up your big girl panties. And I, I absolutely love that because it's done in love and it's done in kindness. And it's, it's basically saying there's not much I can help you with for this specific topic. You're just going to have to push through. And that is still wisdom. 
that is still important wonderful wisdom and encouragement and support to be able to say to somebody hey i got your back but i can't do it for you you've got to do it for yourself lastly i think we need to talk about what role you play in the village you know i've kind of given you several examples of of hopefully a visual example of what it looks like to play a part in this circle this village um, that we as women can enjoy for some of you your role is changing and that's okay and it's good for our, our senior wives some of you are fully invested and you are still working and you are still active and i love that and if you're enjoying it and you have the energy and the passion to do it go for it we need strong examples like you for others of you you're weary or you're tired there is um, it is a time for you to focus on taking care of yourself um, maybe it's taking care of some family members and that that's okay too and what I want to say to just encourage you is to say that what used to be the active role of you making casseroles and being super active, that there are so many that can make those casseroles. There are so many that can be the boots on the ground and actively moving and working hard. Some of the best ways that you can serve is by giving us your wisdom. And that is sometimes in one sentence being able to share wisdom in one sentence of don't worry about that or you're going to get through it or I've been there you know I had one senior spouse I will never forget it um, she was so exhausted from serving she realized that she was never going to make a decision to serve unless she waited 24 hours first and I loved that what wonderful wonderful wisdom that is to be able to say yes I would love to give I would love to help out however I usually have a policy within myself to protect myself and my energy and um, not overcommit that I'm going to wait 24 hours before I say yes. By her just sharing that one sentence, it created a spark in me to help me learn how to set boundaries within myself and also be more wise in how I serve and understanding what role is best for me to play. So. I want to encourage those of you who are entering a season of just resting and passing the baton that your wisdom is far more important than your casseroles. Number two, if you're trying to figure out what your role is, if you are in the busy season of your life, especially the mid-senior spouses, know what it is that you love to do. What really gets you excited? What are you talented in? Some of you are not talented and don't feel a spark within you at the idea of entertaining a large group of people. However, you do love to sit down with a good friend over a cup of coffee. If you love that and it energizes you, do that more. Others of you love to entertain. Others of you love to do administrative tasking sorts of things where you love to have somebody give you a to-do list. You know, we need people in the village that can take a to-do list and knock away at some of those tasks and make something amazing happen. Others of you who are just beginning, perhaps your role is to learn to not stay within your homes, but to go out and seek that wisdom as you're trying to do difficult things that you don't try to reinvent the wheel, that you learn from those around you, that you value the village that you have and that you embrace the fact that we need each other. We need each other to connect. We need each other to grow and we need each other to become better people in general so that we can then invest back into our families as well. But it all starts with you and it all starts with you serving where you're at and which reminds me the one last thing that I think I want to leave with you one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever gotten that I hated at the time 
but that I actually loved was somebody that said, don't reach outside the current circle of influence that you've been given. Invest in what you've been given and wait for that circle to expand. Don't reach outside of what you have right now and try to invest and make change happen if you haven't first been a good steward of what's been already given to you. Invest, work hard, do what you can with what's right in front of you, what's been given to you already. And if you do a good job of that and take care of yourself at the same time, your circle of influence will only expand and you'll be able to make a bigger difference as you move throughout the village, especially generationally. Thanks so much for being a supportive part of this podcast, for enjoying it, for sharing it with each other. Um, I need more shout outs. I would love to hear encouraging words from a lot of you and hear how you want to encourage the village that you are currently in. So call in and send in a shout out of how much you appreciate one another. And um, let's really invest and see if we can't reignite the spark within our village. Would you like to send in a shout out and have it included on the Life Giver podcast? Anyone, civilian or military, can thank a military spouse who has made a difference in your life or say thank you to a service member for working hard on your marriage. Record your shout out by using your voice memo app available on your device and email it to Corey at CoreyWeathers.com or call in and leave a voicemail shout out to 706-431-7222 and we will do our best to include it in future podcasts.